electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Got some weakness in futures. Uh, markets will get another chance to react to Fed Chair Powell today when he appears before Senate banking in about half an hour. Uh, Morgan Stanley's in focus. Jobless claims at a new post-COVID low. Our roadmap begins with ARK Invest's Kathy Wood agreeing with Fed Chair Powell that the surge in prices will be temporary. Why she says we are in a, quote, risk-off period. Plus, why GM is issuing an important warning for some Chevy Bolt owners. Don't charge it unattended. Don't park it inside. It could catch fire. And Mark Wahlberg's backed uh, fitness chain F45 set to debut here at the NYSC this morning. You don't want to miss our interview with Adam Gilchrist, the CEO, and Mark Wahlberg himself. So market's still digesting everything Jay Powell said, Jim, about inflation, about why uh, purchasing MBS isn't affecting housing pricing or demand. What did you think? Well, I, I go with what Charlie Sharp said, which is a CEO of Wells Fargo, red hot housing market, but does talk about the peak. He actually just says, listen, we're at the peak in uh, used cars. Uh, that's because uh, the last month was down 1.3. That jives very well with the, uh, this early morning conference call from Taiwan Semi, which is now committing a great deal of money uh, to make the auto shortage no longer a shortage. I think they're going to solve that problem. So a major area of inflation. I think it's going to be under control. Well, you, you were saying we need to start seeing that reflected in data. And we got Philly Fed today. Prices paid 69.7, but prior 87. Yeah, it's happening. And look, the supply chain had to catch up. Now, against that, David, yes, sir. we're getting just too much negative uh, input on Delta variant around the globe. And uh, absenteeism again. Uh, it's not settled. There are many countries where there's simply not enough vaccines. The Taiwan semi-conference call directly talks about the lack of vaccines in Taiwan to be able to vaccinate everybody. Uh, somewhat geopolitical, by the way. The Chinese are charging them, and the United States is giving them. But uh, you can see Is the Delta variant a market spoiler? Is that a fair point? Somebody was trying to make that point to me, saying it's scaring investors. Instead of pumping in money now, we're headed for contracting money supply. Yes. You believe that? Yes, because there's too many breakthrough incidences. Even though the death rate, thankfully is staying low, and that's what we should ultimately be playing for. There still will be the reaction to the caseload that will, that will slow things. There is evidence that the, that the death rate is spiking. Is there? Yeah, and among younger people, too. Because there's, it's no it's more, it's apparently, well, listen, I, I hate to get into the science somewhere, but it's, it's obviously much more contagious, but it's not clear that it's more deadly. Uh, not clear. Evidence starting to come in that it might be. And, Carl, obviously, uh, around the globe, there's been a much, you know, we've done very well in this country vaccinating. There are many other countries that are key to our supply chain that, frankly, have not gotten vaccinated. And the word is from people at the CDC, 
if you have not been vaccinated, you will get it. There's no people who will not get it. That, well, the, the problem there is that the vaccination rate in this country is down 54 percent in a week. We're back to rates that we had in January. We in terms of the number of people yes. getting the, yeah. vac- and, the vaccine. And we have excess vaccines, right? I mean, a lot of excess Moderna. We should send it to Southeast Asia where they're desperate or to India where they're desperate. Well, we're not we're, I mean, it. we're not going to send it to China, but there they had a vaccine of their own that's not proving particularly effective. No, but they've, they've done an informal deal with BioNTech. Right. Uh, it's not truly been announced. What is behind? Is this partially behind what has been a, a, a kind of a stealth rotation lately? And I'm not I, and not talking about some of the big tech names, which, you know, have done quite well. Apple amongst them, which has been on a run. Right, which is, but I take a look at Snowflake over the last five days. Have you? Because that's and I'm very looking funny. at it right now, Jim. I, I mean, this I, thing was 274 on the uh, 13th of July. Okay. The word is, is that this is a blowout quarter. The previous quarter was not a blowout quarter. This right. is the quarter where you're seeing the power of their you, model. Remember, their model is a usage model. Right. You don't pay a flat license and you don't pay a contract for, for software as a service. It's a usage model. You pay when you use it. Now, there are a lot of companies that just don't use uh, the cloud that given moment. And Frank Slootman's model, I think, is vastly superior to everybody else's But don't model. you think this also is a reflection sometimes of those quick rotations in terms of the high multiple software oh, stocks oh, yes. that get sold because yeah. of what you were talking right. about? Right. Frank Slootman is not really, you know, his outfit is not really affected, Carl, at all by the uh, uh, by anything in, in, involving a COVID formation of right. even Lambda, which we're now worried about just getting the whole Greek alphabet in. Because Frank is totally, uh, he's got his people all over the country, and he's adopted a very, uh, what would you say, David, a diffuse area? I mean, a pro-remote work? Yeah, Yeah, ultra-hybrid, ultra-hybrid. And look, Slubin's a genius. We know what he did with ServiceNow. He's going to pull this off. I I think that company's model is a very winning model. Why should we always have to pay every minute for a cloud if we're not using cloud? Very interesting. We want to get to that. Also, Katie Huberty on Apple. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Let's quickly do Morgan Stanley, though. 185 beats 165. Revenue ahead. Uh, Fick, I guess, was a slight miss, Jim. Everyone missed Fick. Yep. Everyone missed Fick. Brian Moynihan was, uh, boy, those guys. My hat is off, by the way, to the work that, that Sarah and Wilf are doing. And they do, by the way, have uh, Janet Yellen today. Yes. Because you heard, quite frankly, that uh, to me, when I listen to the CFO of Wells Fargo, they've done the best on this, frankly, because they were so bad. Uh, but Morgan Stanley, it was a good quarter. The fact that the stock has run so much is against it. Uh, my travel trust uh, of been, those three By the way, you've said the same thing after every single earnings report this week. Well, I've been right. No, I'm not saying you're wrong, but oh, thank the you. stocks have been down all so, week. I, I want to take that back. That made me sound like a total jerk. The, stock, but, well, the stocks I said, have well, been down all week. The re- earnings reports have been generally strong, but the market has not certainly uh, risen to the occasion. No, In but fact, sh- I mean, yesterday, Bank of America was was down. Well, that was you know, one of those. Sharply they need the, you know, the net interest income was flat. Yep. If they could ever get a Fed rate increase, they would do well. Wells Fargo, I think it's really important to point out, uh, versus 2019, this over travels up 11, entertainment up 38, uh, restaurant up 28 versus uh, credit card use up 13. Uh, net, by the way, NII was stable, net interest was stable there, reduction in uh, uh, expenses. And how about this? They took out 2 million square feet of uh, 
of various branches and building. And this is Charlie Scharf now ready to play offense. He did say that a tremendous number of his people that he's hiring now are to play offense. Almost everybody earlier was defense. Well, and now we got Evercore uh, adding Visa, MasterCard, Tactical oh. Outperform on some proprietary data that shows that cross-border spending is going gonna, is gonna to grow. It's going to come yeah. back. MasterCard's really, really, both companies are very well run. I think that the one that everyone's buzzing about is a Mizuho call <laughs> saying that Square could be the equivalent of investing with J.P. Morgan in 1871. Oh, well, no. they went back to 1871. Yeah, no, I, I, Literally I, I, the first line of the report. Yeah, the yeah. first line. And that, you know, that's an issue. They're saying that. It was a big year. Square U- <laughs> that was right before the panic of 18-whatever. Yeah, um, but they panic. do say Square users, it could go to $150 to $200. When you make that kind of call, what happens is some clown on CNBC mentions it. So I am the clown. I'm crusty. <laughs> and I did it. Because right. I just took that and I said, well, We're monitoring that Morgan Stanley call uh, as well. Are Certainly we? will bring you anything of interest if we hear it from Mr. Gorman. Um, I'm waiting. Okay. Well, don't wait okay. too, too, waiting. too much. But uh, When we come back, though, a fitness chain backed by Mark Wahlberg going public today. He's going to join us exclusively at the big board, talk about F45 training, along with the company's founder and CEO, Adam Gilchrist. A lot more Squawk on the Street from the NYSC is straight ahead. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shei a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Fitness chain F45 Training will begin trading right here at the New York Stock Exchange this morning, looking to price around $16 a share. Joining us this morning in a CNBC exclusive celebrity investor, Mark Wahlberg, and the company's CEO, Adam Gilchrist. Gentlemen, congratulations. Great to have you. Very excited to be here. Thank you very much. Um, There's a lot of interest in in this name and in this space because we know that fitness, Adam, in the past year has just been around the block. Lots of questions about whether we would ever go to the gym at all again. What, what's the future of that, of that given what, this interest today? Well, I think it's the exact opposite. People are excited to be you know, rejoining their communities and being part of something special again. Um, not many folks that I know, you know want to do Zoom uh, dinner parties. And the same applies for the gym. So we've seen our second month uh, cohorts actually visiting F45 more frequently than pre-COVID-19. Mark, what attracted you to the model? You obviously could have had your 
choice of any kind of fitness I've, business plan yeah, to get I've, involved I've with. been approached by a number of fitness concepts, but uh, the results, the, the results that the, the, the memberships are getting, the members, the franchisees, the success that they're having, and the model. You know, people at any level of fitness can come in and do the workout, and I had never seen that before. You know, somebody who's clearly in the beginning of their, their, their fitness journey working out with somebody who is an elite athlete and being able to do the same exercises where they're modified, never the same exercise twice. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. So, Mark, there are people who think that Peloton changed the world, and there are a lot of people who would rather do it individually. I, myself, am much more of a group enthusiast because uh-huh. it makes me work harder. How do you feel about the idea of getting people off the Peloton and back to where they can compete, of course, you know, fun with the group? Uh, you know, look, I'm diehard fitness enthusiasts who don't have the schedule. I've got to do it in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning. You want to get on a bike, that's fine. But eventually that becomes, you know, stagnant. It's boring. You want to be in there with the energy of people working out with you, alongside of you, inspiring you, pushing you, and supporting you. And um, so for me, I was always the guy who would work out by myself at 4 o'clock in the morning. By the time I went into a studio, I didn't want to do anything else. The energy you should have is, given me a jingle. I'm at 4 a.m. Hey, too. The energy <laughs> is absolutely incredible when you see how excited... When we, when we opened a studio in Studio City, uh, people were in tears to be back into the studio and to back into that community because they have such a support system. And whatever they think their fitness goals are, they're always surpassing them. All right, so, Adam, if you're uh, not ripped, people go to Planet Fitness, right, because they have pizza day. How do you make sure that someone <laughs> goes to – they do – to F45 and they don't feel excluded because they're – I mean, you're kind of jacked. I'm not jacked. Why would I want to go to a club where everybody's, like, looking like the best in the world and I'm trying to get started? Well, I think there's a few parts to that, to that uh, question, but I, th- I think the most important element is the fact that we actually have a judgment-free zone, and we call our studios sanctuaries. So we actually create an environment where, A, we don't have any mirrors in our studios, which is really important. B, we don't have any scales. And, and C, we applaud people, people for just turning up. So for us, the goal is to get people in three times a week. And, for, and, and that's, that's really the paradigm shift between Planet, who's an, it's an incredible business, and, and us, where we actually want people to turn up and get great results because we are a premium product where they pay anywhere up to $3,000 a year. Adam, being com- public company CEO is different than running a private company. Obviously, you'll have a board and, and a bunch of shareholders. What, first of all, are you going to do with the additional capital that you're going to be raising? Well, we, we're going to be opportunistic with that capital. We wanted an extremely strong balance sheet. Uh, we've been fiscally conservative since 2013, having never had an unprofitable quarter. And there's not many startups that have been growing at this sort of breakneck speed that can boast that. So, you know, we, we recently purchased Flywheel uh, because they had invested $65 million in technology. Um, and, and we acquired that business for $25 million. But the reason it was such a great investment for us was not that we saved $40 million on tech costs, was the fact that it would have taken us three years to build out that leaderboard technology. Yeah. Mark, what about your approach? I mean, do you always feel like you want to be in the gym? Or I would think certainly you've got to as well have something at home that you can do and yeah. or goes back to sort of the online experience that so many people in this country are now uh, yeah. having. I mean, it always depends on what I'm doing work-wise. If I'm preparing for a role where I have to get in shape or get out of shape, I just put on 30 pounds for a movie. Um, So I was fun eating whatever I wanted for the first couple of days, and then it became a real task. But um, if I had my choice, I'd be going to have 45 five times a week. You know, you get in and out, 45 minutes, warm up, cool down. The energy is incredible. It's never the same workout. Every day is completely different. 40,000 exercises in the data bank? Yeah. Yeah, so it's... 
you know, it's incredible. We've seen a few uh, fitness models where the the business model uh, tolerates a high degree of churn, right? Or at least customers who, who sign up and then don't come in. What's what's your churn target? What's your retention target? Well, we, we look at it net sales growth, actually. Our, our churn is uh, low single digits per month. Uh, an average studio of ours has 175 members, and our break-even is only 75 members. So if you actually look at the style of community we're trying to create, A, it's very small, but B, the, uh, the, the, the byproduct of that is it's very sticky because everybody turns up at 6 a.m., they know each other's name. And I think that's really important that you know we're trying to create communities, and community for us is actually even more important than the actual workout. We want people to have a third place to go. Obviously, they have home, work, and F45 is that spot where, you know, we, we mentioned it earlier, and I'll echo the point, it's a sanctuary for people to turn up and just have a fun 45 minutes of the day. Now, Flywheel was uh, very well attended by women. It was not necessarily, you don't want a gym that is all dominated by guys. Uh, can you keep that up? Because I always thought that was extraordinary. A lot of people, a lot of women, great instructors, and then they just got laid off. Can you bring them back? Of course we can. But, I mean, our, our, our business, what's interesting is, if you go back 10 years in group training, excluding CrossFit, 99% of attendees were female. At the moment, F45 has 75% female, 25% male. Uh, and, you know, our age demographic is 25 to 42. What's really interesting, though, about our company is we're the first company, first gym ever to go onto a military base and train soldiers to be ready for combat. That is, that is absolutely remarkable. Secondly... You know, there's 4,000 colleges here, and we are the only third-party gym ever to go into a recreation centre in a college. And people would argue whether Stanford's a great school or not. But the fact is, they got rid of all their group training and appointed F45 over our peers. And then USC signed up, UT. So we're looking at our TAM being obviously stretched out through colleges. And recently, we just signed our third high school. So, again, another accolade for us because... We're the only third-party gym on the planet to be in high schools. And there's 25,000 high schools here. Like, let's help these kids get fit. And, you know, we think it's not just getting fit, but the mental health benefits of feeling stronger and, you know, being active is really important. And we're ultra ultra excited about the high schools. And, uh, you know, we've got Greg Norman here that's going to assist us with our over-50s workout. And uh, you got it, it all covered. And mental health is that's the one we're in, right? Before we wrap up, Mark, we talk so often here about direct to consumer and the changes in your main business. Um, how are you approaching things? You know, we're just curious in terms of how you think about the platforms for direct to consumer. Yeah. I know I think you've got a movie coming out soon yeah. uh, that will go. And the compensation structure, I would assume, has changed as well for you, given yeah. you're not seeing the back end that you're accustomed to for some Yeah, years. yeah. Well, they'll, and look, and people decide when and where they want to view their content, right? So we want to make we want to make stuff that's entertaining that people want to watch. How they decide to do that, I've always been a big supporter of the theater system. But uh, people going out to experience theater. Uh, but I also love what Netflix is doing as well. So it's 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 you know, it's just changing. It's constantly evolving, and we want to continue to make great content. And they're they're making fantastic content. So so. You're not just you're not buying AMC stock here like a memester. 
Not necessarily. No, I think uh, you know it's you, you've got to be able to continue to evolve. So I, you know, I, I love to go to the theater. My next film is coming out in the theater. I, I will always support that experience. But you know, people decide where and when they want to you know consume their. Content, Has it changed so. the way you do a deal though? Is there a lot more up yeah. money now? Yeah. Uh, yes, it depends. But look, I just financed my first film. I've never done that before. Everybody told me I was absolutely crazy, but I own the film now, and I think it's going to be something really special. So uh, you know, I'm taking risks on myself all the time. Things that I believe in, and that's why that's why I bet on F45 and. Way that I did because I see the results that people are getting, and I hadn't seen that anywhere else. So somebody working out who has never been in the gym before, working out with somebody who can absolutely kill it, you know, and they're working out together. That's that's. I think rare people are beginning to think of you as an entrepreneur as much as an actor. Uh, absolutely. So congratulations gotta, on that. Hey, I got a I got a family. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Not Invinci- to worry. This guy's invincible. Worry. He's invincible. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, Adam Gilchrist. We will definitely watch FXLV. Later today. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you so you much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Pleasure. Industrial production out a couple moments ago. Let's get to Santelli. Yes, Carl. Our June industrial production came in light, about two tenths light. It was up four tenths of one percent. It's the lightest since April. But do remember, in February, we had a minus number. So even though it is a bit light, we know there's constraints on supply chains, and this is an effect here. But one of the bright spots is utilization rates. Now, it's 75.4. Capacity utilization is also a couple of tenths light. However, it's still a post-COVID high. And do remember, if you look at February pre-COVID in 2020, which this is the highest number since, at that point it was 76.3. So we are slowly chugging back to that level. So a bit of a disappointment, but at least moves in the proper direction. Squawk on the Street will return and these, after these messages. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM a leading global asset manager. Take a look at futures here. Uh, a few minutes before the opening bell and Jay Powell in front of Senate Banking, which begins at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. We'll try to take a little Q&A uh, down the road this morning. In the meantime, claims, 10-year, bank earnings, and a lot more all in focus. We're back in a moment. Uh, welcome back. We've got about uh, two and a half minutes before we get started with trading here at the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, mad dash time, my friend. What do you got? Well, David, there's always a question whether sometimes it's better to be never than late. And there's a piece out by City today, uh, uh, Chris Daly, terrific guy, saying that maybe it's time to go long AMD and a short Intel. People have been doing this trade for ages, but that doesn't stop him from suggesting it. My problem with it, now it is true, Taiwan Semi is indicating that there's enough capacity uh, for Advanced Micro to get the advanced chips. But, you know, the idea of coming in, and I, my charitable trust is long AMD, so I'm talking against my position. But the idea of this, this saying right now to go underweight Intel, eh, I mean, the gross margins are going to be worse than we think and, uh, in the 40s. But I, I, I like Advanced Micro because they're going to close the deal with Xilinx. I don't like it because they're right. still taking share from Intel. People They've are taken still waiting for that Xilinx deal. It's interesting. Spreads have widened in the risk arbitrage world in yes. part because of perceived increased antitrust risk and, of course, continued questions about China. 
Uh, we, we showed a five-year AMD. You were early, I would point out, of well, course, I, as know, I like to. Lisa I mean, Sue, almost all 1,600% of that, you, you've been saying buy the stock. Lisa so. Sue took me to school when the stock was at five. And I, t- I admitted that I was an Intel hawk, and she suggested a 12-step program against me being in that. And it was radical. And it was not a... By the way, as much, I, I love her company, but at that, that particular dinner, I was caught quite unawares, and I never went back. I was convinced that at the end, she's right, I was wrong, back her. Now, Daly is finally backing her. It's a little late. Yes. And that's being kind. Yes. Let's get a look at the opening bell here on this Thursday at the big board. You just saw them with us. F45 CEO Adam Gilchrist, Mark Wahlberg, celebrating the fitness studio's IPO. Over at the NASDAQ, hardware company Hillman Solutions, celebrating a listing via SPAC. Did, the, did talking to those guys make you interested in the shares? Yes. Um, I did not realize how little they pay for, pay for flywheel. I think that the flywheel... Uh, business was a terrific business, and they spent a lot of money on it. I, I think they're a little pricey versus Planet Fitness, but I also know that uh, a higher-end gym can be quite exciting for people who are looking for engagement against each other. Competition does raise your ability and your strength uh, versus being Peloton at home, uh, just kind of doing it all, all by yourself. My, yeah. wife, my wife was New York State champion, vice uh, bicyclist, and uh, has been, was a flywheel enthusiast and is ready to go back. You didn't know that about her. Uh, no, I'm always learning something new about Lisa, which, is, which is great. She hates to talk about herself doing anything well, positive. It's nice She's very she self-effacing, has, unlike me. The husband likes to brag about her. It's a nice thing. Uh, well, see, because I like her. It really even better. helps the marriage. It was great hearing uh, Wahlberg's comments about streaming uh, a few moments ago. Netflix, by the way, highest since April 20, as they are going to make this push in. That was the end. People were talking about They're going to make this push into gaming, uh, hiring a a Facebook veteran. And on that, Jim, GME shares were down 6% pre-market, at least. Well, GME is uh, obviously the memesters are struggling for more money. We do hope that they're not going to use the child credit to try to keep these stocks up. Uh, we got General Motors. General, that's, that's a different got, story. G, General Motors is a suboptimal story in terms of, uh, I think, David, in terms of charging the, the uh, yeah, the bolt's the not bolt. going. Yeah, it's the, indoors, no. outdoors. You got to keep an eye on it at all times. Don't bring it inside. It's well, not. Well, Vol- Wahlberg gets up at four. He could have one. There's GameStop shares. Here's GM. Uh, well, yeah, down down to almost one and a half percent on that news. AMC, uh, but, you know, on AMC, which we asked him about, uh, Wahlberg about. The, the battleground there is the July 30 puts. Uh, there are people who want to break AMC. Adam, Adam Aaron is a friend of mine. I'd hate to see the stock broken. But the market is what the market does. It's up 17x for the year. I mean, people talk about it collapsing. It's just started the year at $2. No, I, yeah. I, I, I think. It's still got a $17 billion market value. Adam Aaron's playing offense. We've discussed that, yes. Um, okay, look, the main thing that But that he still may long, be on the five-yard line going the 95 yards. Well, I, I just watched a guy ring the bell who was invincible, Vince Papali. Yes, That's Mark you Wolverine. did mention. I remember that. that. He was an eagle, uh, right? Yes. Yeah, I know. Now, okay, the here's, the, here's the issue. The stock has been down ever since Adam Aaron said he's not going to issue any more shares. Right. If you were a short seller, that was the moment to pounce because the difficulty was, what happens if he does... 100 million shares, and he cures the balance sheet. 
But he took that off the table, David. Now, there are, there's a lot of money betting. These memesters really got to keep it up. Now, I have now decided at, at David's uh, guide, guiding, not to mention any of the small caps that, that people have been allegedly pumping and dumping. I don't think it's worth it to bring, bring their attention. Good. But these are stocks that are on the red-hot griddle. Let's put it that way. Um, airlines not doing too bad. We do have Ray J this morning upgrading Delta to strong by 58 target. Um, Jim, their point is that we're seeing some Delta variant worries kind of creep through travel names, but they still are poised for a rebound in business travel, and they say it's too uh, too strong to ignore, too I, hard I, to ignore. I heard them speak with Phil yesterday. I, I, I Really terrific. The one thing I would say is, can you imagine when they do get back into the uh, – in, into the, the international business. You know, Del, you know Delta, for instance, has a very big traffic to Italy, to, to Europe in general. And, and they're obviously doing nothing, certainly not getting anything from there. So I, I like that call very much. Uh, I really like that call. I think that American, big traffic to Italy, that's the one. Delta, big traffic in America. But I do, I do, I don't know, when I fly Delta, I mean, they're full. I've, I've recently flew Delta and they were just full. But that's anecdotal, obviously, but. Yes, it is. But, yes, it but is. Ed Bastian pretty much confirmed that, that my anecdotal is empirical. CEO was a great interview. Yesterday, actually. yes. I, I actually, we do some great interviews. We do. The network does a lot of, uh, lot of we do, we excellent do, work. You know, for yes. instance, I'll give an example. Uh, Closing Bell does Janet Yellen. That's but later we, today. But today. we do Mark Wahlberg. Right. <laughs> who's, who's, got more, who's got more followers? Who's got more zhuzh, huh? Yeah. I mean, let's just face it. When it comes to followers, we're crushing closing bill. Wahlberg's definitely, I'm looking at his arm right now. He's so it's jacked. Pretty, it was scary. You know, arm. when people confuse me with him, I always suspect that they have 91,000 vision. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good arm. Nice watch he had there, too. What are you talking Did you see that watch? What, you got some sort of man crush? Wow. Um, guys, um, I wanted to uh, do a favor report. What do you think of that? Is Although it won't be it long, so don't, favorite, don't go anywhere. Favorite reports, I don't, so don't want to lose you. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not SPACs. It's Blackstone. Uh, and it's AIG. It's actually one of the more important corporate news stories of the how morning. How much more money can Blackstone make, David? How many, uh, yachts, how many yachts do they need? Blackstone has had a great run of success as they have continued to transform themselves from what we still sometimes describe as a private equity firm into really what is... Uh, a broad-based alternative assets manager with a great deal of permanent capital. And this deal with AIG, let's go through some of the particulars with you, and then let me just try and give you a sort of a sense as to what's really going on. But they are, they're, uh, black, uh, AIG, remember, is going to spend their life casualty business, 9.9% stake in that retirement uh, casualty business is going to uh, be taken by Blackstone. Um, they're also going to um, be managing $50 billion. So they're transferring essentially saying, here, you manage this money for us. Obviously, the premium money we bring in, uh, and uh, that'll go up to about almost 100 billion over the next over six years. Uh, and again, they're paying 2.2 billion for that 9.9 percent equity stake, and they also are acquiring their affordable housing assets, uh, and they're doing that uh, in their core plus non-traded REIT, I believe it is. That's individual investors in there, but it just shows you the breadth of Blackstone. And by the way, we don't talk about it that often. The company has a 118 billion dollar market value. To put that in perspective, it's only 20 billion shy of Citigroup. Um, so it is an enormous financial services company. Are they the largest homeowner in the country? Yeah, I think uh, they, well, they were with Invitation Homes, yes. But that, wow. remember, became its That's own company. It's a great company. business, yeah. owning homes. Um, but in this case, you know, obviously we all know insurance companies and the need to try to create some sort of return 
Well, it's very hard to do in the corporate bond market or in any bond market. Yeah. And you do have that more of that ability here, perhaps, with, uh, with Blackstone uh, working those assets. Um, you know, you just can't buy enough liquid bonds. It opens up some yield opportunities, as you thought there. It frees up capital, obviously, for the insurers themselves. Um, and it is sort of an evolution that continues for Blackstone. Um, I got a question they, for you. And it moves them closer to credit. Remember, you're, you're, you know, the liability here is 40 years. So you don't right. need liquidity if you're an insurer as much as you just want to make sure you've got yeah, to generate right. some sort of return. Sorry, what's the question? Who is the most humble billionaire in America? There's a lot of humble billionaires. How about someone who works at... John Gray? Yes. Yeah, he's, he is... Uh, it's just a humble billionaire. Yet to meet somebody who doesn't like the guy. I don't know guy. if he's really a It's kind of annoying. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, you think he's annoying? No, no, no. It's annoying that nobody ever says that they don't like the guy. Everybody likes that guy. Well, everybody likes him because he does a tremendous amount of charity work. He does a great And when he does it, he actually does it. He, it's not like he has a staff. Obviously, he's as president, uh, CEO, yeah, Steve Schwartzman still... You introduced me to him. I know. He's a, he, and um, anyway, uh, it was an interesting deal. And it does show sort of the changing nature of these firms. They don't own an insurer, though, remember. So they're not taking on insurance liabilities, unlike Apollo and KKR, which actually do have insurance subsidiaries. Uh, but they continue to expand. Remember last week when I mentioned to you the financing of that Stamps.com LBO? Yes. And it was all credit funds. There were no banks. Right. Again, this goes back to that idea of where are you going to be able to find some sort of additional yield. That's leveraged loans. Does the, but is it's the Fed interesting. Worried about and that's it? kind of stuff now Should that the they're going to be able to invest it? in on part of these $50 billion I, I, I'm worried about the, the, uh, this whole closet finance because we had it in 2008. You're but worried maybe that the, what, the, the risk is being right. taken on? Yeah. But maybe the Fed is on top of it. Jay Powell seems to have... Uh, well, the Fed is the one that says the banks at a certain level aren't allowed to do it, which is where the credit funds are able to And that's why Jamie Dimon, everyone keeps asking him, like, you know, what, what would Jamie... Jamie Dimon feels like Prometheus bound. Doesn't he feel like Prometheus? Why? Because mean, the weight of the world? What? Well, well, he's, yeah, he's of tied up. That Bird keeps pecking at him, which is financial service, Square. Remember, Square, the best opportunity since Jim. Yes. And if he were unbound, he would do a much better job, like Upstart, which is unbound. He's bound. They are, they are heavily regulated, yeah, or certainly regulated, bound. for obvious reasons. We did have a financial crisis that almost brought us to the end, and it was a result of risk-taking at many of our large financial institutions. But By the I, way, on that note, Morgan Stanley, just always remind people, uh, press releases are great. We rely on them, but it's always worth taking a look at the 10Q. Although even there, I remember going back and looking at Merrill Lynch's 10Qs. You never even saw the, 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 the no. you never even saw the initial CDO. Sure did. Not once in 05, 06, what are you 07, saying while they were taking that on. Has that we no, don't know? not at all. He's I'm just reminding people, and it's a very different time. I'm just reminding people that it is important to remember that these are still difficult companies to understand the risks they're undertaking sometimes. And, uh, I mean, you know, did you know Credit Suisse was doing what it was doing with Arcadios? No, but James James Gorman has worked harder than it. No, you did have an Arcadios. They had a $900 million loss, yeah. That's fine. That's a good point. Uh, By the way, uh, Gorman now saying that he expects 80% of staff to return uh, to the office, uh, mostly full-time, by September. 80% would be a number. That's that's hot. As we continue to monitor back to work. I, I still... 
continue to think that the world has changed. It has. That kind of company is an outlier. Actually, to 80 percent. I mean, financial services is a bit different. Blackstone, which I was just talking about, also has many of its employees already back. Many, a a vast majority. Financial services, though, I think is an outlier when it comes to the new world of work. Well, personally, you know, Blackstone may, but its portfolio companies and all those. No, they're all going to be like three, two, two, three in terms of days in, days out. Um, That's the world. That is going to be the world for but corporate America, the, it seems. But don't you think, Morgan Stanley, the flows are amazing? Yeah. They have huge flows. Wealth yeah. management is absolutely terrific business. Uh, I think the E-Trade business is crushing it. I like what they're doing with E-Trade very much. Wealth uh, management up 30, right? Probably the most important yes, part. Yes, yes, that's big. You know, compare I mean, Robinhood versus E-Trade. I mean, E-Trade is not, it, Robinhood's nothing versus E-Trade, frankly. Uh, David, return on equity of 14%? How about that? Yeah, and I mean, ROTC of 18.6% right during the quarter. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at the what's the amount versus, say, the last And we all know they've already ago. doubled the, the dividend. Remember, when they were allowed to by the, the capital return, they obviously also committed to uh, buying as much as $12 billion in, uh, in uh, stock back over yeah. the next 12 months. It, it, all of which doesn't mean the stock's going up. It's not. Uh, none of the stocks well, have moved t- up this t- week. At this moment, David. At this no. moment? No, but they're, they're, the reaction they, to they, earnings has I've, not been a positive one for the stocks. I bet you Gorman, this is a sailing term. I don't know if you know it. He's going to buy back stock hand over fist. He's got the most capital buyback stock. I thought, you know, Wells is a lot of capital buyback stock. I don't know how aggressive Wells can be, but I think these guys can. David, by the way, they're uh, back to number one in equities post uh, Arkegos. It's good to know. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah, and don't forget the div hike going 2x. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, meantime, we mentioned um, that the banks are related to the 10-year, which is related to inflation, which is related to what Kathy Wood said about inflation and growth on Closing Bell yesterday. Here's what she said. Risk-off period. I know uh, we got hit today. A lot of growth got, uh, strategies got hit. There was a shift towards defensives, and I think there's a lot of confusion. But if growth is going to be scarce because inflation is going to come down, uh, our kind of tra- strategies, which generate revenue growth rates in the 25% plus range, are going to shine longer term. There she is. Talk about someone who believes this is all transitory. Big outflows yesterday at the ETF. Big. It's been a bad month. That said, I agree with their deflation just because I think we're at the peak. I think everybody's worried about what's happening now. They should look at the future. They should look at the Taiwan semi when it comes to uh, used cars, which was a very big component. Uh, They should read the Weyerhaeuser piece uh, by Goldman this morning, talking about how lumber's coming down. They should be focused, David, on the fact that oil has peaked, I believe, because the Permian's been sneaking up now 400,000 more barrels a day. It's been going up every single week. The deal uh, that apparently some with OPEC Plus is going to produce more. Oil at peak. Matt Gaz may be at peak as they switch to coal. Wow. We are in a moment. You talked about this earlier in the week. Uh, WTI is on pace for the worst week in a month on on a week where you said maybe there's some voices who are arguing this is at the top. Well, you know, the balance sheets, as Rusty Brazil was our expert, went over yesterday. The balance sheets for the major oil producers in the Permian have been so abundant that you get a dev and run by uh, Rick Moncrief, such a genius. They can turn on the jets now without hurting their, they have these uh, ducks, you know, these ones that are drilled but not, com- but not completed in the sense they can open them up. 
we're going to see maybe a million barrels back in the Permian, and we're, the economy is not going to be able to handle it. it. The economy doesn't have that much demand. So there'll be a tipping point supply. I'm calling the top right here in oil. Wow. All right. You can hang me I on it. it. I'm willing to take it. Yeah. Uh, with that, Dow's down 140, and we're back to 43.55. Let's get to Bob Bassani on a busy day here, Bob, on the floor. Oh, I'm just so happy, guys, because we're back to normal. Not just that Mark uh, Wahlberg and Adam Gilchrist are here, and we've got a lot of IPOs, but people are on the floor. There's just hundreds of people walking around on the floor. It's like the old days. It makes me feel good watching everybody become wealthy, frankly, and let's hope that it continues for them. We've got three IPOs I'm watching today. Of course, a fitness center. We've got a club. And we've got a shopping center, Reap. People are paying attention to that for a very specific reason. So obviously, we're waiting for F45. And here, here's our people that are going to be handling this. It's probably not going to happen between 11 and 12 would be my estimation. But bottom line here is they priced right in the middle of the range at $16. 15 to 17 was the price talk here. Uh, and you heard Adam Gilchrist, of course, talking about uh, the company. And there's our man, First of course, coming up, Peter Bob's. Giacci. What, we have an indication, Peter. First indication coming up, 17 Here we go, 17 to 18. You saw it here first. First indication, 17 to 18 for F45. Any idea about when this might happen? I think we got some time here. This is the first indication. It's going to play out over the next hour or so. Okay, you heard him. This is the man in charge right here, Pete Giacci. He heard sometime over the next hour. We'll talk more about that. I want to talk about Membership Collective, which is on the other post right over here. This is Soho, Soho House. This is, of course, a private series of clubs that are out there. 30 million shares at 14. That was the low end of the price stock, 14 to 16. You might say that's a little disappointing, but remember something. These aren't software companies. You get the big pop on the tech companies, not necessarily a membership clubs uh, like this. So uh, still doing very good. This, of course, backed by Ron Burkle. He's a uh, big owner in Ukaipa. We'll keep an eye on that. And finally, I want to give the NASDAQ some due as well. Uh, we've got Phillips Edison coming. This is a neighborhood shopping centers. This is a REIT. Now, I know that doesn't sound very exciting. They priced uh, right uh, at $28, the low end, 28 to 31. But this is they're very big on large grocers. Grocers are the anchors, and they think that's going to distinguish them. We'll keep an eye on that. Groceries have done very, very well uh, throughout the pandemic. 15 IPOs this week. 15. That continues the crazy numbers that we had back in June. So that's very important here. Year to date, up 18 percent. I've said this before. I'm happy there's a lot of them. I'm happy that they're doing well. But after the first day, they trade down. Most of them do. This is a problem. It's a little unusual. And the average uh, uh, IPO price is uh, the percentage above is 53.7 percent who are trading above their IPO price. Usually you want above 60 percent. So the bottom line is good numbers. We're getting a lot of IPOs out here, but aftermarket activity, not so great. Finally, I just want to say something about Morgan Stanley. They doubled their dividend and had a very large buyback. So we're getting really big capital returns. The, the dividend yield is 3% now. That is very unusual for a bank because most of these banks, they're in the 1% to 2% range. Most of the time when you start seeing 3% yields, you're talking about REITs, you're talking about food companies, utilities, oil companies. So right now, you're in a very rarefied, probably 60 companies in the S&P 500 have yields over 3%. Morgan Stanley is now one of them. Duke, Campbell, Merck all have uh, dividend yields in the 3% range. Finally, last thing, keep an eye on the reopening stocks because so far we're seeing some lag in some of the big names. We're seeing Carnival, for example, Royal Caribbean, Occidental. Most of the uh, oil names have been lagging in the last couple of days here. Gap in some of the retailers uh, as well. Big day here, guys, and I'll be over here looking at some of these other IPOs in the next hour. Back to you.
All right, Bob, thanks. Uh, meantime, the Fed chair testifying for a second straight day, this time over at Senate Banking. We're going to bring you live coverage once Q&A begins. First, though, take a look at Treasuries and how they're faring this morning. Jobless claims did come in 360 k at the lows not seen since March of last year. And the 10-year is back to 132. We're back in a moment. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. We could try to explain what it feels like to get your work done on a John Deere. The way a Z-Track mower finishes in half the time you thought it would. Or how much easier it is to move mountains of soil with a 1 Series tractor. We could even go into detail about how it feels to tow up to 4,000 pounds behind a Gator XUV. But if you really want to know what it's like to run with us, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you.